Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are in the world. I'm James Schofield, the writer of the stories in this podcast, Behind the Bottom Line. Over the years, I've written lots of short stories for different magazines about the funny, sad, and strange people and events I've experienced in business. In each episode, I read you my original story, and afterwards I tell you something about the real-life background which inspired it. Today's story is called Side Effects. And if you're listening to this podcast episode anywhere near some plants, you might want to make sure that you're not sitting too close to them. Side Effects It was late at night, and there were four of us sitting around the fire, drinking brandy and telling stories about the past. We were staying at Roca Manor, a training centre for Clax Pharmaceuticals, and talking to their top managers and scientists about our time in the company. They were polite, but not really interested in retired employees like us, and after dinner they left us alone. Derek Lewis was next to me. He and I had worked together in Hong Kong for ten years. Next to him was George Kratz, the president of Clax back in the 1980s. And opposite me was Johnny Hampton, Professor John Hampton to be precise, the most brilliant man who had ever worked at Clax, and he had received a Nobel Prize for his medical research into the side effects of drugs. Anyway, Derek had told a story about the use of feng shui in China, and then he asked Johnny if he had ever worked on alternative medicines. Johnny was quiet for a moment, and then asked, Have I told you about my time in Malaysia? Well, Johnny has travelled a lot and done some strange things, so we all sat up to listen. At university, I was always very interested in the medical properties of plants. So my first job at Clax, back in 1961, was ideal. He began his story. The company sent me with a small team to a town called Kuala Muzang to research jungle plants. At that time, the area was quite dangerous, so we had a guard, Sergeant Norman Taylor. Norman had been in the British Army out in the east for more than 20 years before we hired him. He was a big, friendly man, and the local children used to shout, Kabao, Kabao, the Malay word for water buffalo, when he walked by. Soon, that's what most people called him. Once a month, he guarded the laboratory and greenhouse we had built while we went into the jungle and asked the villagers about medicinal plants. Then we collected samples and took them back with us. Well, on one trip, we heard about a special jungle plant. It was very rare, but very useful. Sometimes we saw its dried leaves being used to lower someone's fever. Sometimes we heard about its fruit being used as a treatment for malaria. But nobody could show us one. Not near our village, they said. Too dangerous. Finally, however, I had some luck. Someone from a village sold me three seeds that he said came from the plant. Be careful, he warned. If they grow, don't get too close. We planted the seeds and waited. After two months, nothing had happened. And so one morning, when Norman took me to the greenhouse, I was surprised to see a thin green 
shoot growing. Six inches in one night, Johnny, said Norman. I told him to look after it carefully while I went off on another field trip. Because of bad weather, we didn't get back to Kuala Muzang until two weeks later, arriving in the middle of the night. We left our Land Rovers outside the hotel, the only one in the area, and while the others unpacked, I went to the bar to find Norman. He wasn't there. Where's Sergeant Cabal? I asked. I haven't seen him since the weekend, said the barman. Maybe he's in the greenhouse. I took a torch and went to look for him. The moon was covered by clouds. A storm was approaching and it was very dark. As I approached the building, I turned on my torch. The door was open and my light showed only a solid mass of leaves from only one kind of plant. What had happened to the others? Norman, I called. There was no answer. I stepped inside and the branches seemed to move aside. It was hotter than the tropical night outside and the air was full of a sweet, rotten smell like bad fruit. I was sweating heavily and somehow, maybe it was a branch or the sweat, the torch fell to the ground and broke. Is anybody there? I called. Nothing. But the leaves of this strange plant that had taken over the building were shining, producing a weak green light and showing me a path. I walked on, trying to stay calm. The path stopped. I was now standing very close to the main part of the plant. I looked around. Was that really a face looking at me out of the... Bang! Suddenly, a lightning flash overhead showed me Norman. He was alive, but he and the plant were now one creature. I couldn't see where his body ended and the plant began. Only his eyes were still human, begging for help. I turned in panic and threw myself towards the door, kicking and pushing as the branches clutched at my arms and legs. There was another enormous bang overhead, and then my world turned black. When I opened my eyes again, I was outside. Lightning had struck the greenhouse and started a fire, but some of my team had managed to pull me free from the plant's leaves and branches. I watched as the fire spread, helpless, then covered my ears as terrible screams filled the sky. Johnny poured another brandy. I don't know what the plant had done to Norman. The fire destroyed everything, and I never try to find another plant like that. He thought for a moment, and then added, You know, the villagers told me to be careful, but I didn't listen. That's why later in my career, it was always so important for me to check the drugs we made for their side effects. They can be terrible things, side effects. Terrible things. Side Effects was written in 2011 for Business Spotlight and I was interested in trying my hand at writing a horror story. Um, I hadn't done one before and I thought it was be interesting to experiment and see what a horror story was like. I was influenced um, in the style by a couple of English writers, Anthony Burgess, you may know him as the man who wrote Clockwork Orange, and also uh, Somerset Maugham, who is um, 
not particularly fashionable nowadays. And a lot of his stories, short, short stories, were set in Southeast Asia um, and Anthony Burgess as well. And these were books that I um, read quite a lot that I that I really liked, um, particularly when I was actually working in Malaysia uh, in 1985. And interestingly, at that time, um, there was, although Side Effects is set earlier, set in the sort of mid-60s, um, but there was still quite a lot of nervousness in Malaysia at the time about uh, communist guerrillas living in the jungle. And for example, you couldn't get any maps. You couldn't get any detailed maps of the of the jungle uh, because they were um, still worried that there were uh, communist guerrilla camps out there. So Sergeant Norman being there as their guard was um, certainly in the 60s, something quite realistic. The old men sitting together to tell this stories or swapping stories um, is a is a quite a frequent genre in sh- in short stories and something that I like uh, also because I've seen it quite a lot in in real life um, the location for the story Roker Park is based uh, a company training center company training center that uh, I used or run workshops in or events uh, at various times in the past um, and actually it appears in a, in a couple more of my stories. What I always find interesting when you get people away from their normal daily life and put them into uh, a different context is how they often open up and share things um, that they wouldn't normally share, which is what happens with Johnny Hampton in the story of Side Effects. Side effects or unintended consequences are, I think, interesting. We think we can control things and often things go wrong. Um, And this can have quite amusing consequences or positive consequences. For example, aspirin developed as a painkiller turns out also to be very good as an anticoagulant. And Viagra too. Viagra was originally developed to lower blood pressure um, and of course it has the side effect that um, we all know about um, but on the serious side uh, prescription drugs are largely still tested on men so, um, and women of course respond differently to drugs the result is that women are frequently over medicated because the parameters for how much somebody should be taking of a particular drug is still based very largely on men. This is um, still going on, even though it was spotted back in the 90s. Uh, a report from the University of Chicago uh, this year um, still highlights the problem that this causes. Inside effects, we have this horror plant, uh, which eats poor Sergeant Norman or absorbs Sergeant Norman into his body Um, and plants in literature on the whole they tend to get quite a good press they tend to be seen as relatively benign Uh, for example Lord of the Rings or in the Narnia stories sometimes you get plants as being malevolent for example Little Shop of Horrors a plant which eats people and of course the science fiction novel Day of the Triffids from 1951 where mobile carnivorous plants go around eating humans. 
who have been blinded by a meteor shower. So plants are uh, can be benign, but can also be malevolent. And I, I like plants, but I kind of inclined to the malevolent side, I think, because I think we don't treat plants very nicely. And so I had my malevolent plant here, um, uh, absorbing poor Sergeant Norman. And a recent story of mine, Angela's Trumpet, has a plant called Angel's Trumpet, which the central pr protagonist, Angela, uses in order to uh, poison herself and various other people that she doesn't like. One thing that slightly disappointed me on the technical side from the writing when I read this story was towards the end, I suddenly realised that I was repeating myself uh, I watched as the fire spread helpless, then covered my ears as terrible screams filled the sky. And it goes on a little bit. And then in the final sentence of the story, they can be terrible things, side effects, terrible things. And I wish I could have been a little bit more creative and found myself another word instead of terrible. One thing that amused me when I was thinking about the background to this story is seeing Norman's face in the plant. And this is something that I tend to do um, a lot. I tend to see faces in things. And this is actually a condition, not a medical condition, uh, but it's called pareidola. Uh, people who have pareidola see faces in inanimate everyday objects or also in plants. Um, and I was thinking about it, and I think this is actually quite good uh, at making this story uh, creepy. So every time I go out in the woods, I find myself looking at trees and wondering if that is a face that I can see there. And maybe you should do the same when you go out in the woods. Look around and see if you can see faces in the trees. And if you do, you might wonder to yourself, was that one of these plants that James was talking about from the Malaysian jungle? Hmm. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Behind the Bottom Line. Please subscribe on Apple, Spotify or Google Podcast or whichever app you use so that as soon as the next episode is available, you'll get it. In the meantime, catch up on any episodes you've missed, tell your friends about the show, give it a rating and write a review on the podcast app. And you can write to me directly at james.rupert.schofield.com at gmail.com. Until the next episode of Behind the Bottom Line, this is James Schofield saying goodbye.